1: And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And
2: I'm your sometimes host, Matt Scalina.
1: And Matt, on the show today, we have none other than Frank O'Brien of the Western Investor BIV Media Group. He is here for his annual... Western Investor reveal second
2: annual the second
1: Gets annual Man favorite here uh, reveal of their top five markets and this is exciting. This there is was exciting. a couple.
2: There was two that really surprised. I,
1: I, yeah, yeah. Two of us. Two of them caught off us caught off us guard. One of them, I think, we kind of predicted a little bit, hoping when he talks about what the number one one, when he talks where it's located, we yeah. kind of thought we pegged it. But I'll tell you, be honest with you, I was excited. Like he would say the numbers. And he would say a market, and we would cheer.
2: And you know what? Uh, and he makes a good, case, a strong case. I yeah. feel like it was uh, no, it was a great episode. And man, some some interesting markets. I think I'll quote Frank here: uh, If you can't make money in the next year in that market, yeah, find another find another <laughs> hustle. It's yeah. basically, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know yeah. if he said uh, hustle, but uh, but no, it was uh, it makes for good listening for sure. Really, really interesting picks.
1: Yeah, no, some interesting. And Frank's a great guy. Just on top of the whole thing, he's so charismatic with the storytelling. And the Western Investor, which almost acts as like a Bible for commercial real estate in Western Canada. I mean, they always put out great stuff every single month. So it was a pleasure having him on again. And we're looking to have him on again this time next year and and continue this annual tradition now.
2: Absolutely. And uh, last but not least, there was David Eby's housing platform, policy proposal, whatever you want to call it, put out yesterday. And Frank has been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. So he goes on a tear early on that is not to be missed. So yeah, stay no, it's, tuned it's Stay tuned for that.
1: It's good. No, he's great for that.
2: Uh, what else do we have, Corey, before we uh, cut to our talk with Frank?
1: One thing I would like to plug a little bit, I, I, and I'm, I'm throwing this out there only because I'm so proud of our amazing team at William Wright Commercial. We never sort of, we're very fortunate we get a lot of recognition throughout the year, but it's amazing when you get Sort of like company-wide recognition, and this is just a contribute everybody's hard work over the past few years. That William Wright Commercial was named the 167th top-growing company in Canada for 2021 oh, by wow. the by the Globe and Mail. So we normally don't kind of put it out there when we get what achievements. In the achievements.
2: So is that like a top 200 list? Or? It's
1: a top 400 fastest-growing companies in Canada, and uh, Globe and Mail publishes it on an annual basis, and it's everything from tech companies to Law firms to everything, and uh, we were very honored to be part of the list and I want to make sure that uh, we've got a team of about forty five people right across the province and growing that has all contributed to getting to us to where we are, so I want to make sure that they all get the recognition they should because they work so hard every day and to get that recognition from a canada wide perspective is always amazing.
2: Here, here here. I did not know this uh, congrats that's that's fantastic well well, maybe we'll cut to our talk with frank o 'Brien but uh, Yeah, you're doing, honestly, you're doing God's work. So keep it It's
1: not me. It's everybody else. I'm just so like, they gave me me the time of day to come here and talk to you. (laughs)
2: All right, right, guys. Enjoy. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. ca okay so we're here with frank o'brien editor at the western investor with the business in vancouver or the biv media group we should say past guest fan favorite back to join us again how you doing frank
0: i'm doing fine It's great actually
2: that's that's great. We always start the show, Frank, asking in case a listener didn't hear you on the show last time or, or doesn't read uh, the Western Investor, uh, which is doubtful. But uh, in case there's somebody out there, can you start by telling us our listeners a little bit about yourself?
0: I've been a longtime writer and editor. I've been for you know Financial Post and Globe and Mail and a number of other publications. But the last the last few years, the last uh, gosh, I'm missing. 12 years now i've been the editor of western investor with the biv media group i also am a senior real estate writer with business in vancouver western investor is published right across western canada we're going into our 38th year in 2023 and uh i i suspect it's the largest commercial real estate paper in canada now uh, compared to most print editions we actually are getting a larger in print we put out uh this next issue coming out is 48 pages and it's packed, you know, like very heavy with advertising, which is, you know, rare in the uh, real estate or in the the publishing community today. And we also have a very active web page that has a lot of followers on it. And uh, I'm proud to edit it. It's a really good team you have got there. And uh, I think we do a good job.
1: So, Frank, last time we had you on, and we'll get into this in a second, You, you know, you guys have every year you have your annual top five markets in which you feel is where people should put their money. So we definitely want to get yep. into that. But before we do, this is sort of fresh off the press here. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. NDP <laughs> candidate for premier. David Eby uh-huh. came out with his housing policy yesterday. Huge plot. Hey, yeah. it's,
2: it's a big It's a big it's one. It's
1: a big plan. It's a big one. And I think we're all probably in agreement here that he most highly spectacle at this point, he will be the next premier to fill John Horgan's chair, at least until the next election comes around. And he put forward a very interesting uh, housing policy that I think a lot of people in this industry would love to hear. And, and Frank, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that on, okay, on maybe well, we'll unpack it a little bit because maybe some people don't know, know all the inside of what it is and maybe how it may be, maybe good or bad for renters.
0: Okay. Well, well, you know, I'll touch on the highlights and then uh, I've got a kind of a counterintuitive uh, take on this thing. I like, like there's many things that the NDP, uh, you know, housing policies, they don't really think them through. You know, they, you know, kind of a knee-jerk thing. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then uh, when it turns dark on them, they go, oh, my God, we never thought of that. Well, this is a perfect example, this sweeping policy that EB has come out with, who is, as you say, is, will be, uh, at least until the next election, uh, will be the premier of British Columbia. Now, there's a number of things that one uh, like take for example, the ruling that condominiums can no longer allow rentals it's my opinion that the entire policy that it's come out with is a gift to speculators, even though it's billed totally the opposite of that. It's an absolute gift to speculators, especially in a in a down market that we're having right now, like thank god david Eby has has been so generous to the the real estate speculators, for example, if you're buying a condominium right now and uh you're looking at a building but it doesn't allow rentals in a city that has the highest rental rates in the in the country uh you think well i'm not going to buy that in that condo building right i'll i'll look for another building but unfortunately the really prime buildings don't allow rentals but now they will be forced to allow rentals right so if you're an investor great you go in you buy this rental because some people in, in these condos now will start selling it, saying, "Well, I'm going to get out of the, the condo market. I'm going to buy a house because I don't want to be living in in a in a building that's going to go rental, right? You know, like some people are prejudiced against rentals, right. but investors aren't. So the investor goes in, buys a condominium, rents it out, right? And the rents are super high in Vancouver. The vacancy rate's really low. He gets maybe $3,000, three thousand, thirty two hundred, maybe thirty five hundred dollars a month for this nice condo. OK, and then you've got the speculation tax. Fantastic. Another gift to these speculators. It only lasts two years. Now, prices have been falling in Vancouver by three and by two to three percent a month. since February, nobody's flipping houses anymore. The B.C. Real Estate Association says that by next year, the house prices across B.C., home prices are going to be down another three to four percent. Nobody's going to be flipping houses. But in the meantime, you're getting this great rental income coming in on it, and at the end of the two years, when you know the recovery is supposed to be, you know, you know, uh, taking shape by 24 or 25, you sell it, right? You sell it into a rising market, you make money. It's absolutely gift to speculators. Then, and then they go even further. They say, okay, if someone's selling an affordable housing building which means an older apartment building that needs a lot of work usually in Vancouver. That's where the cheap rent is. Well, they don't want a speculator to buy it. They want somebody to buy it who is a uh, uh, like a First Nation or a nonprofit housing group. And they put up $500 million, $500 million of taxpayers' money as a fund to help these groups buy the building sounds great sounds great especially if you're one of the many people in Vancouver who owns one of these old apartment buildings <laughs> if you look at what the the province has done when they've gone out and bought old hotels like the Patricia Hotel in Vancouver where they paid $300,000 a suite for the Patricia Hotel when you could have bought, you know, a Chateau Laurier type hotel in Ottawa for the same price you know per door right so all of a sudden you've got the government backing up this. You cannot you cannot lose as a you know as an investor that owns all these old apartment buildings because it's a guaranteed sale. Investors may not want to buy it, but the people in the building will say, Look, hey government, you give us the money and we'll buy this building. So they go, Great. Then of course when they buy the building, then they just discover that they can only raise the rent by one point five percent. But the furnace is gone and it's going to cost some zillions to fix it. The roof is gone. It's going to cost even more. The hydro bills are through the roof and the taxes keep going up. But the investor that owned the building in the first place, he's already out of it. See, then he could go buy, uh, you know, make his own virtual apartment building by buying all these condos that are being forced to be rentals. <laughs> I mean, if you're a speculator in Vancouver, you should say, Thank you, David. You've really come through for us this time, right? So that's my opinion of what's going to happen with this.
2: One one thing's for sure in in the city of Vancouver, Frank. You know, we work with a lot of investors and and I guess people that are you know as as anyone does speculates on the future of the market and areas like Kitsilano or the older uh, the older buildings in Mount Pleasant, Fairview. All of those areas have basically been off limits. To people looking for an investment property over the years, because of those rental restrictions, so I think this opens mm-hmm. up like some of the best real estate in the city, basically in terms of multifamily for for investors. That's for sure.
0: Oh yeah, yeah for you know for sure. But but this way the government guarantees that you can sell it, and probably at a top dollar. You know, like if you're putting an old building up for sale, a ten unit on West Broadway or close to West Broadway, it's worth a lot of money, right? But these days with the higher interest rates, et cetera, et cetera, they say, Well, you know, it may be a slower time trying to sell it than it would have been like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But now you've got a guaranteed buyer in the government and the people in the building, of course, you know, staunch NDP supporters, most of them will say, know, give us this support and let us buy this building. So they do. And then it's the taxpayers that are stuck on it because they're you know, because they're they're covering the loans on it. But the people in the building now have to fix up the building they have to take all the responsibility of an owner you see and meanwhile the investors just walked away from it you know it's great if you're a if you're a speculator so now frank that's my i have take on that
1: i haven't had a chance to go through the whole policy there was there any touching base on the rental rates and restrictions on increasing the rents and stuff like that because i know right now our our, our good friends over there at the NDP that previously it was just sort of a CPI, you know, annual re- rate increase. And then this year, inflation kicks in and now we're up to six per eight. And then obviously they just changed the rules like most governments do. And there was going to cap it at two this year and let the landlords suffer. Was there any talk around yeah, that in the policy? Year.
0: No, there's no talk about that topic. That, of course, is is a is a negative. Like the people in yeah. the building may say, "Hey, wait a minute, we don't want to buy this building. We can't afford it. It's only yeah. like like the rent increases are capped. Is great if you're a tenant. No, it's also great if you're an owner. Mm-hmm. You know. And these people will then become owners. People in the building are now the owners of it. And also, I think this really bothered me too about co-ops in Vancouver. You know, there's talk as if co-ops are you know like a you know, a lifetime assurance of, of affordable housing. But actually they're they're a, they are becoming a, a, a speculator's dream. The people that have been in it for years, like if you look up in Carisdale, where Cressy bought four old co op buildings that turned it into a luxury condominium development. The people that own these co ops and it's interesting, there's no government rules on this as far as I can I have I found out, is that the people in the co ops actually own the building. There may be only 10 people or 12 people in the building. They own that building as a co op and they can sell that building, which is what they did with, with Cressy. And there's been 16 of these sold in Vancouver for a huge profit. Mm-hmm. Now, the people that sell it, they get, you know, they build like a 28 story tower and they put 10 units in there, which the people that were in the co op get to go into, see? You know, so, and so they benefit from it. But co ops, rather than being a, you know, like a permanent low-cost housing is actually a way for a select few people to make a lot of money on their on their real estate.
2: Interesting. So, so if I understand, we have the rental restrictions being removed, which opens up the market for.
0: Oh, oh, and then and then the other one, the other one is that if you have a single-family lot, you can put three units onto it. Now, what do you think is going to happen to the price of a house anywhere in B.C. now? What's going to happen to the price of a house that's already worth a million dollars if suddenly you can, even if you don't do it, but it's zoned automatically for three units, you know, it increases the price at least 20%, maybe 30%. You know, it's just you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's really not going to make the, the homes any cheaper. So.
1: So so Frank, uh, it's fair to say NDP. that you're you're voting NDP next round now. <laughs> oh, definitely. They
0: got it like with policies like this, you can't miss. And, and, a, and, the, a, and the and
1: the, and the one thing you mentioned there that I think I'll just put a little bit of emphasis on is is you I mean the NDP kind of come up with their policies and all of that stuff and kind of throwing them out there to see how it works. And I, I was just I was just floored myself when they raised the foreign buyers tax and that didn't stop the market. Maybe that's just speaking for myself there, uh, but yes. I I couldn't I couldn't believe that didn't stop the market. Frank, what do you like? <laughs> It's just like, it's just throwing darts at a wall.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's crazy. Foreign buyers have a lot other markets to, yeah. to play in that aren't are asking 20%. And the ironic thing is that the second biggest buyer, foreign buyer of real estate in the United States are Canadians, Right. you know, and, and the Chinese are number one, we're number two, right? In Florida and, and in, uh, in Arizona, the third largest landlord in, Arizona, is a 34-year-old mother from West Vancouver. You know? <laughs> I think she's been on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, LePage. Jennifer LePage. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's brilliant. She's a you force. I, that
2: is for sure. That's an understatement. She
0: is a force. Yeah, now she's moved into Texas like a whirlwind. So, you know... So it's so hypocritical. You know, we're saying to people, like, like it is so provincial. Like, imagine if you were in Paris and say, no foreign buyers can buy a home in Paris. Like, what? Yeah. And then you say, you can't even have a, you know, a small apartment in, in Paris to visit once in a while, like people have, or we'll charge you a huge speculation tax where you're million dollar condo isn't being used. Like, who is going to rent it out? I mean, it's so provincial, so backward. It's just, it's just unbelievable. But as I say, with stupidity like that running the government, like, here's, a, here's another one. Good thing, too. If you're an investor and you're trying to develop land, right? And you're having a hassle with the, with the local municipality. Well, guess what? The government now going to twist the guy, the mayor's arm and say, you've got to approve this thing. You know, you have to approve this thing. I mean, like it's called democracy, right? But but you know, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, anyway. So, welcome to the new NDP government. The the most you know, speculator-friendly government in the entire country. So
1: here we go. <laughs> yeah, and, and just so you know, that will cool the market down, if you're wondering, for all of our listeners, there's speculators, allowing them in the market definitely well, slows the market you, you down. You know, it's that, that was
0: one thing I've been kind of oh, thinking. Always thinking. buy in the dip, always buy the dip, and right now it's dipping really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree.
2: I, I was just, as a final thought here, the, the flipping tax, which you mentioned, right, that it's, there's going to be a, a flipping tax, apparently, if, if you trade real estate within two years yeah. of buying it. Two
0: years, yeah, two
2: years. But it seems problematic for younger people, first off, yeah. who, are, who are moving through the market and potentially moving for jobs and yeah. all the rest. But I work on the residential side where units that are in disarray, like you really beat up units are, are really, most of the market don't want those units. And yeah. it's actually very challenging to renovate and especially with inflation and everything else like that's a that's a huge issue. I just wonder what's going to happen to, you know, that segment of the market where right now, you know, it's very difficult to sell a unit that needs substantial renovation. So I wonder, you know, taking out those guys that know what they're doing and are able to actually improve the housing stock. It's it's kind of an interesting move as well,
0: but I guess we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Those those are yeah, there are there are some uh Subunits in dis in disrepair, and the and the renovation costs now are getting really, really, really bad. It's hard to even get p- appliances on time, right? And, yeah, or know, find somebody to do the something. work.
2: Um,
0: or uh, yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't know what the answer is there, but at least at least if if the person is owns the old condominium, right, the building now will have to make it a rental, right? So you know there may be some opportunity there that to make right. some. Some short-term money on it anyway. While you're you're ordering the stuff and getting it all together, you can get it with three or four months of rent out of it before you get in. But if it's not, and you gotta, you know, the building's gonna be like if you, if you buy a conventional condo and you can't rent it like like in a non-rental building, then you gotta, you know, have it empty while you're doing all this stuff, getting all the orders in and getting all the, the tradesmen lined up. At least with with this bright new plan from the NDP. It's a rental project. It's a rental unit. Anyway, so great. It's great. I think <laughs> I can Neighbors s- may hate you, but what the hell, right? I think I can <laughs> speak
1: for all of our listeners, but Frank, I'd love to sit down <laughs> with you, give you a bottle of wine, and talk David, you'd be in the NDP one night.
0: <laughs> sure, anytime. Frank,
1: someone in your oh, shoes, obviously there, and with the Western Investor, you're seeing everything that's happened around you. What has your thoughts been over the past six months, and obviously all the great stories that you guys have put out there, on the overall commercial market, trading, Asset classes, you I mean what are you guys seeing
2: on the, oh, the side of the Western like, investor like, there?
0: Have you looked at what's happening in San Francisco?
2: Uh you know what? Enlighten us, I'm okay. trying to think.
0: Okay, well, in San Francisco, uh, there's talk that the entire commercial downtown market is going to collapse because nobody's coming back to the office. I mean, it's terrible. Like, like, here's the example Wells Fargo. Put up a, you know, what would normally be a very nice building in uh, downtown San Francisco. They bought it at $348 a square foot in 2017. They tried selling it this year. The building's half empty because nobody's come back to work, right? Right. And uh, the bids they got were 60, 70,000 or 60 or 70% less than what they paid for it in 2017. They took it off the market. They're called zombie buildings, and San Francisco's got fifteen million square feet vacancy of that exactly type of building. So, you know, but I've been I've been talking to people in Vancouver. We are a totally different animal. Yep. Vancouver is is red hot. The office market here, like like in San Francisco, they got fifteen percent. And a lot of people say it's closer to twenty. Uh in Vancouver it's seven percent, down from eight percent in the in the second quarter in the third quarter, seven percent going lower you know we got Absarella building huge office space you know uh the Fall street flats building selling out there you know like like before they even finished the entire strata building sold out like a uh, hundred and I think it was a hundred 110 thousand square feet there uh, sold out just Avis and young sold it just this week you know you know like Vancouver is red hot it's just it's it's a superlative commercial real estate market you know and the industrial market of course is you know, is, has never stopped. So, I'm very confident in Vancouver. But it's a really anomalistic market. Like you really like cross North America, like like Vancouver is, it's it's really different. Like it's hard to say it's it's going to keep going the way it is. But boy, it's 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 wonderful right now.
2: And can you do you have any sense? Um, because it's interesting. At least a couple years back, we used to talk about, and I guess it's still uh, applicable. But Cascadia or the down the west coast from, from Vancouver south as being kind of similar markets. But do you have a sense of why Vancouver's fared so much better than than San Francisco?
0: Well, it's it's a key thing is immigration. That's what's drawn the tech the tech firms up here. Like like you know that that tower they're building downtown there where they had the old post office, you know, right. it's called yeah. the post. You know well, well, Amazon came in, took the whole building up at one point two million square feet. Right, just right. crazy. Google's looking for more space in town. All these big companies are coming up here because in the U.S., you know, started under Trump, and they really haven't improved that. They got a really terrible immigration program of bringing in top level workers, especially right. from from the Middle East and Asia and like that. Yeah, uh, you know, they have all these all these rules. Canada doesn't have that at all. Like we are, we are are hungry for you know, for immigration. And and that's where we're getting a lot of the tech people in, you know, into Vancouver. And that's why they're here, because the real estate is, is as cheap or cheaper than in San Francisco or Los Angeles, right, or New York City for sure, right? And we've got this environment where people want to move here. Young tech people want to move here. Even though we're paying them in Canadian dollars, they feel it's safer and there's more opportunities here, right? They Interesting. They come here for... You know, for you know, a few months, and then go to the states. And now they're not going to the states; they're staying here. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a really important part of it that a lot of people
2: miss. You know, so so Canadian immigration policy is has basically led to the commercial real estate in in Vancouver and other cities eating the Americans' lunch.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like San Francisco used to be a much more powerful office market than Vancouver. Now it's a ghost compared to Vancouver. You know, it really is. And like I was talking to a major firm here in Vancouver yesterday, and I, you know, I was asking about this. I said, "How is Vancouver's going so well?" He said, "Everybody in his office, and they've got, I think they've got a whole floor." And I, I it's the whole. Floor. But 12,000 square feet down on Melville Street, there, and everybody's back to work, right? Everybody's back to work in, in the office, right? Where in San Francisco, a lot of people aren't coming back, and I think there's a kind of a movement in Vancouver to more people coming back to the office quicker than other places. Although, although San Francisco ranked dead last in the recovery in the market, according to surveys I've seen, but and and in North America, Vancouver wasn't. That much, like like they were sixty at that sixty, and Vancouver was about fifty four. But if you yeah. look at what Avis and Young's you know study has done, where they've looked at cell phone activity in the downtown core, you know, close because they can track it right close to buildings like office buildings, right. and they say it's it's recovering much quicker than, than than most people think. And you know, I you know I think it is. I think Vancouver's got a real real chance here of doing real well. The ones that are going to suffer is the, the B buildings, like in Yaletown. It's got a huge – Yaletown's got a huge uh, vacancy problem right now. They've got these, a, lot, a lot of these old buildings, kind of cute at the time and stuff. But as, as companies get better, there's all this really great Class A space and Class and A space that's downtown and in the suburbs that they are taking up and moving out of these uh, older buildings that, that don't have all the bells and whistles
1: no, I think I, I can I can sort of back that up to what we see on the tenant side of things and the landlord side of things is it's just been, it's been a very comfortable ride here when a lot of other cities have been really yeah. concerned about yeah, it. And we're seeing like, where our office is located at the corner of Robson and Seymour. There's a very, very high government tenant pool in our building. And you'd be amazed how many of those government tenants are back in the office now. So if the government tenants are coming back, (laughs) right, you know, you know, things are getting good. So Frank, one reason why we wanted to have you on today, because we had you on about a year ago here. And I know you have a very exciting issue that comes out every year where you guys dive deep into the province and do all of God's work here and dig out the five best (laughs) markets that you guys feel for the upcoming year here. We need a drum roll. And I remember last year we had Victoria... Top that list, and I think it was two years in a row. Victoria topped the list. Am I wrong? Uh,
0: no, no, it was. Uh, yeah, New West was in there. I can't. I had the list from last year with me. I think. But we have. Anyway, that's yeah. But that's ancient history. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. List
1: this, this market here. moves. We well, only look forward. We only we look know, forward. You, you might have been the top of the but pile last week.
0: Leading the list, leading the list this year is a is a town that's not even in.
2: It's not even in British Columbia. Can oh. we, can Frank? Can we start with number five and work our way to the top? This is, uh, oh, this is I'm good. starting to get okay. excited.
1: This, this is good here. And, and okay. while we, while we do this, Frank, I'm checking my okay. bank account, <laughs> which doesn't have much money in it, but I'm still going to take the notes anyways, just in case me and Matt can pull our money to buy something. So, Frank, okay. let's start with number five. Okay. What is the fifth best market?
0: Number five is the Mid Island community of Nanaimo. Oh, oh, that's one of our favorites. <laughs> okay, now. We do a done deal feature in Western Investor every every month, right? Yep. And we update it every week online. Nanaimo, multifamily land is selling over there now for the equivalent of $3 million an acre, which is like unbelievable uh, for Nanaimo. Uh, but there's a good reason for it. There's so many people moving into Nanaimo, not immigrants, people from across Canada, people from you know uh, Saskatchewan and uh, Ontario, Manitoba. Coming into Nanaimo, it's is, is really becoming hot. Also, uh, for the retail side, if you look at it, you know, starting a retail up, Nanaimo is a major, the biggest employers in Nanaimo are all recession resistant governments, hospital, medical services, and universities. You know, so you've got this. This, you know, a huge group of well-paid employees that aren't going anywhere and never get laid off or anything, right? That's all, you know, so that's a really good base for an economy. But the industrial real estate is expanding because it's totally priced out in Bay in Victoria. So they're coming up island and, and Nanaimo has quite a bit of land and it's not, and it's not like native Indian land or anything. It's, you know, it's freehold land. As an example of what's happening, there's a one hundred million dollar expansion at the Nymbol's container port that's that started and really kicks off next year. Now, a lot of people are trying to get in on that, but two big landholders own most of the land around there. But you know, I hear they're willing to deal, willing to you know, carve off, you know, some pieces like that. And it's uh it's gonna be a big thing. It's just taking some of the pressure off of the Vancouver port, which is now the biggest port in the country way ahead of Montreal. And Nanaimo is going to take that pressure off them. Nanaimo's a winner. I think it's going to be one of the strongest markets next year.
1: We had, we had Mayor Krogh, we had Mayor Krogh on from Nanaimo uh, on a previous episode. And he was talking all about how I think it was, and I could be completely wrong in saying this. So we got to definitely have to fact, fact check this that in their OCP and when they're looking at the study of industrial land that the NIMO at the pace it's growing will be out of industrial land by 2040 so they were looking at yeah. where can we get more industrial land because it was growing at such a rapid pace they were worried they wouldn't have enough to keep up with supply and demand issues over the next yeah, 15 yeah, you years be
0: care- you you got to be careful with those things they've been saying Vancouver's been running out of land which now is coming true. but they've been saying this for 20 years and every year they say five years we'll be out of land right it's simply not true. There's a lot of underused industrial land that was bought years ago. Like old, like like roofing companies, like like out in Richmond, the phrase by like the roofing companies. They have huge, huge parking lots for their trucks. Like huge, they have like six acres of land and and a, and a, and a beautiful warehouse. You know, there's there's a lot of infill and a lot of infill in Nanaimo. I so, so you know the mayor's right he's trying to promote it you know you've got to buy now you won't be able to get in but you Nanaimo's know, got a lot of land a lot of industrial land over there
1: so we got Nanaimo number five what hits okay. the number and, four and spot? it's a big
0: winner
2: a big,
1: I'm curious to hear what one. the next yeah. four are yeah we're excited Frank what's number four
0: uh, Penticton and the South Okanagan
2: oh another good one okay I and this yeah, is Penticton's, yeah please please go explain why
0: okay Okay, but Dickens is challenging Kelowna as a hot spot in the Okanagan. Kelowna got greedy. Greed is killing Kelowna. It just, you know, the prices up there got like well over a million dollars. There's no reason the homes in Kelowna should be over well over a million dollars. I'm not talking new homes up on the hill with a beautiful mountain view. You know, these old, you know, like 1970. Uh, you know, home on a on a back street, and and they're still over a million dollars. There's no reason for it, and the prices in clone are coming down. They're going to come down a lot, lot quicker, but Clon too. It's a really expensive to build there. The city is automatically almost rubber stamps any development permit. They go, Yeah, yeah. They, you can get a, a permit in Clon quicker than anywhere else. But then they start charging. As soon as you get your permit, then you go to get your, you know, your development your hookups and all that stuff. It cost forty to fifty thousand dollars to put a single family detached house there, just in fees in Kelowna. Just in fees. Also, Kelowna's got forty percent of the land inside the city of Kelowna is agricultural land reserve, right? So you can't do anything with it. So it's like it really makes it a hard project trying to like make big developments work. So I think Kelowna is probably step out of the market and unless they get wise they're gonna suffer because Kelowna the lakes in Kelowna are no better than they are in Penticton, but the prices in Penticton are a lot lower than they are there. Also, they've got two lakes in Penticton. It's closer to Vancouver, you know, at least an hour and a half closer to Vancouver. And the best investment in uh, Penticton right now and in the whole South of the world, I'm talking about Soyuz 2, which is another really, really good little hotspot there. But Penticton's a little more established, little, you know, it's got better services, better hospital, all that kind of thing. So, um, but waterfront land, waterfront homes, 20 have sold this year in the South Okanagan at an average of $1.5 million, down 13% at the same time last year. But there's like 40 of them on the market. There's, you know, it's a really good selection. And I think that's, that's one of the best recreational markets right now for, for next year with the, with the, the challenge of being the number four on the list.
2: So if I understand the, you're talking, we're talking waterfront, waterfront homes as being the, as being the play in, in Penticton.
0: Yeah. It, you know, there's a, like, there's only a small number of people that want to buy or can afford to buy a waterfront home, but there's, there's a lot of waterfront acreage around there. You've got two legs, right? And there's, and it's not like Cologne where it's, you know, it's been really good, really been priced up, uh, you know, but. Like I say, twenty of them are sold this year, which is pretty good at one point five million dollars, which is pretty low, you know per waterfront. Mm-hmm. And that's with a home on the lake or or one of the two lakes and 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 the price is down thirteen percent from last year. I've got the prices for a clo waterfront, but I don't have informed me, but I know it's quite a bit higher like right two point two or something, you know. <clears throat> so anyway, I think Penticton's a go
2: very interesting. Yeah. okay, so we so, got Nanaimo the number five Penticton number four. I, I do feel like these are these are different. This is well, we don't want to look backwards. But we're looking forward. Let's go to number three.
0: Yeah, okay. Number three is and this may surprise you. Banfield. 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 They finally put a road, a paved road, in to Banfield from Port Alberni. Right, It's the first paved road ever into this waterfront community that has lots of land, freehold land. There is a native reserve land in the neighboring town but not in Banfield, it's Freehold, right? And they've got beautiful beaches, right? The land, the paved road is open now, but they're doing some, you know, some special work around the hills coming into it like that. So it's not officially complete until early in 2023. But you'll be able to drive in there both from Euclid and from Port Alberni, right? You know, just like drive right in and um there's big developments going on there right now people have started to you know developers have started to catch on but it's still cheap land and home prices have shot up 70 percent in the past year you know compared to almost anywhere else in bc they've gone down you know and a lot of people are saying it's the next to fino and i believe them uh, banfield is the last the last ground floor recreational oceanfront waterfront in um, uh, like ocean for opportunity in b c it's going to be huge over there,
2: wow, okay, now that is a surprise, but uh, having spent a little bit of time in Tofino this past summer that that's that's an exciting one
0: they've got uh, and nobody nobody ever gets into Banfield because there was a road to tear the the bottom off of a two by four trying to, to get in there it was really bad uh you know there was like a gas on it and everything, so uh anyway, the government stepped up, they put the money into it, and this you know. It's fantastic. Banfield, you know, like five years now people say, Oh, I remember when I bought Banfield in twenty twenty three, you know, it's just like it, it, it's it's gonna be great. Because there's a really good infrastructure over there anyway, with hotels like like I mean on the on the Pacific Rim, right? Right. You know, it's it's a sophisticated like you if you get to you know, you know these guys know what they're doing. And uh they're, and they're the guys that are are gonna commit to change Banfield, just like Whistler was. 30 years, 50 years ago or something.
2: Wow. Yeah, so This is, uh,
0: that
2: that's really interesting. I'm sure the people at Banfield are not going to, not all of them will be super excited. <laughs> no,
0: it's like no, the best people, kept but, secret but, that they don't want anybody it, it, else to it, know about. It's amazing. The old houses over there for sale that they're hanging right on, uh, you know, over the ocean. Like, uh, you know, just us. incredible. Grandfather's setbacks over there. It's great, really. You know, it, it, but it's a raw frontier you got to come in now and uh you know but there's some there's two big subdivisions going in i talked to the uh the small office they have there for a community development thing and uh and they're shocked like like what's happening the price over there the average house price, price now is around six hundred thousand where like last year uh, like a year ago it was 250 or, wow. or something, you know so
1: so frank i i don't want to put the cart in front of the horse here, but we have Nanaimo at number five, which is located to the port city. We got Penticton right. and we talked about the two lakes and we got Banfield right. And we talked about the waterfront. I'm starting to see and a pattern highway. here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the next one's different.
1: Okay. Okay. Hit us with that. So hit us with number two, Frank. Well,
0: the two, Okay. Number two is East Vancouver. Oh, Whoa. that's,
1: that's the home of the scale. Forget, <laughs> for,
0: forget Vancouver. People think about Vancouver, the West side of the West side of the downtown. Forget that. That's that's old. It's East Vancouver. That's the future. Now, just think, okay? Two years from now, you know, or next year, I, I'm talking 2023, the Broadway Subway and the Millennium Skytrain line extensions are both going in. And you know what? The zoning there for, you know, uh, like, loving a lot more density. But just the fact that those two are coming in, the Broadway Subway and the extension from the Millennium Skytrain up to the Olympic Village, right. right? Just that is going to make a huge, huge, huge change. And you've got the $2 billion St. Paul's Hospital going. On. It's the biggest It's the biggest medical expenditure in, in the country. $2 billion, more than that. By the time they get finished, it's going to be well over that. That's, that's what the official figure is right now, somewhere around $2 billion. State-of-the-art 17-acre campus, health campus, is, you know, a great. And it's in the Fall Street class, which... As I mentioned earlier there before uh, a new building, like it's not even built yet. They were building as, as strata, Celtic Construction built it as strata. You know, they're going to sell individual units in this building, um, 105 thousand square feet. A medical uh, medical company from California came in. They haven't even built the thing yet. They paid 123 million dollars for it right now. <laughs> you know, like that's what's happening. Down there. It's absolutely fantastic. What the Falls Creek Flats is gonna do, and it's all in East Vancouver, it's gonna, you know, it's great. Okay. Then you have detached houses in on East in East Vancouver are half the price they are on the west side, a couple of blocks away. Like honestly, just like you know, four blocks, and and the price goes from an average of 2.2 million to like 1.3, right? It's cheaper to buy a house in East Vancouver than in North on the North Shore right. in Richmond, most and most of Burnaby. There's no reason for that. East Vancouver should be way higher, but it's not because it's got it's east it's the east side, right? You know? And then they bring in then the government brings in these this uh, this new rule on density, right? And combined with the Broadway corridor, well, the density is gonna come between commercial drive, will through. And Main Street, because the, the west side's already got the, all, already got a lot of the density going, but the east side doesn't. You know, so it's it's going to be a great a great investor anywhere on the east side. And then, and my comment on it: if a real estate investor can't make money next year in East Vancouver, they should get into another business. because <laughs> There's nowhere else in Canada where they're going to make as much as they will. Really it's it's still expensive to get in. It's not a cheap market, but payoff. East Vancouver is, is fantastic. It's it's the market in uh, BC to watch.
1: Wow. Wow. So Frank, just before we get to the number one here, we'll get to the drum roll if we can here. I got your list from last year here. So we just to recap last year as we build up the hype here. So we had number five last year. We had Winnipeg, which is where the Stalina <laughs> brothers were born. We had Penticton at number four, followed mm-hmm. by our number three market was Surrey followed mm-hmm. by number two was Kelowna, and then the top market last year, Victoria. So to cap, Victoria, recap right? this year, we got Nanaimo, Penticton, Banfield in brackets, Tofino coming down the pipeline, East Vancouver. Frank, what is the number one market? Can we just
2: sit on East Vancouver for okay. a second here? This is, uh, man, I'm I'm loving what you're saying here, Frank, but it, well, yeah, let's get to number one. <laughs> okay, Calgary. Calgary,
0: Alberta,
1: number one. I'm, I don't. I'll stop you there, and I, I don't want to say this now because hindsight is twenty twenty. When you told me it was out of province, the first thing I thought was it's Calgary. Yeah,
0: Calgary. It's, it's, it's just Calgary. Calgary is really eating Vancouver's lunch. If you look at it, you know, like just in the last week, just the just in the last week. yeah, since uh, yes, yeah, since S- September sixteenth or something. There's been just two announcements. Just two announcements. De Havilland is going to build a, uh, aircraft manufacturing plant just outside of Calgary in, in, uh, Barkland County, right? They take it, they bought like 750 acres of land. They're, they're building a state of the art aircraft manufacturing, you know, plant there. They build all the, all the, all the fire, uh, you know, the, the planes that fight fires and like that, uh, and search and rescue stuff, right? De Havilland. And uh, they're having 2,600 people, okay? <laughs> 2,600 people in manufacturing. Where does that ever happen in BC, right? And then uh, a high-tech firm, like people talk about the Vancouver or the Calgary office market, but what they, they don't notice is that Calgary has so much office space. that even with a 30% vacancy, with a 27% vacancy right now, they have more office space, lease than all of Vancouver. It's more than... Regina, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg combined in Calgary. That's leased, fully leased, you know. Okay, and then you've got so so you've got, uh, and so this uh, this company came in from the states, and uh, it's uh, well, it's actually from India. Uh, uh, It's a very high tech firm. Does data communication? Uh, Don't ask me what that means, but it's a huge company. Three hundred thousand employees worldwide. Eight billion dollar company annual. And uh, they're hiring 1,000 people, tech people, in Calgary in this new office building that that they've taken over. Okay? You know, like, it's huge. And then there's no rent controls in Alberta. But you can buy a condominium in Calgary for $165,000. I looked on uh, realtor.ca, and I found all kinds of condominiums downtown for under $200,000. At two hundred thousand dollars, but the rent in Calgary are almost the same as in Vancouver, like sixteen hundred dollars to twenty two hundred dollars one bedroom to two bedroom, right? It's like it's like Vancouver, right? But but the the condos are like a, a fraction of the price. The average price on the west side of Vancouver is nine hundred thousand dollars for a condo. You know, it's crazy. Okay. Wow. Uh, and there's no rent controls. Oil prices are floating with the U.S. Uh, one hundred dollars, right? You know, this is, you know, this is like, why not go to Calgary? Alberta's biggest city is ripe for real estate investors right now. Like it's never been before. And it, and still people are shy of Calgary, which is even better for investors. Get in now because uh, it's going to rock and roll.
1: We, we, in a previous episode, we had the ladies of Scout Real Estate firm out in Calgary. We had a, a, a couple of agents from Calgary and then also from Edmonton just kind of play a game kind of like, what's this worth in your city? And Calgary, they had talked about tremendous upside that's already taking place, and the runway there is still quite large, and how they were noticing a lot more investors and all that stuff start coming to the market here. So they pretty much are they echoed what uh, what you just said there with the side of the oh, yeah. investment side of
0: it. Yeah, but any astute investor would be looking definitely looking at Calgary right now. Like you can go in and buy like eight condos in Calgary, you know, which which has well, you know, they've got a three point five percent on Vegas Street, we got 1.2, but you know, for higher quality stuff is lower in Calgary. Like, like we've got a good stuff, right? Yep. So you, you could buy eight condominiums in Calgary for what you could buy in uh, Vancouver. You could buy one, you can buy six to eight there, right? And rent them out. So, you know, unbelievable. That's a Western investor pick for 2023.
1: 20, well, I can I can say, Frank, your your previous years, you guys have been spot on when well, you've been picking the markets, right? you know what, markets, I was just right?
2: thinking so, the Kelowna one, and they, they're off the list now because it, it, the prices are too high. Same with
1: Victoria. Frank talked about how, like, you look at the industrial market over in Victoria, and it's got the lowest vacancy rate in North America, and I know our Victoria office has done, like, industrial lease rates over there, like, into the 20s now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, like,
0: it's, it's just, so tight over there now, yeah. it's just unbelievable. Like It's tighter even in Vancouver. It's like 0.1 or something. Just nuts.
1: So Frank, before we let you go here, we appreciate your time. We know you're a busy guy. We have a a six pack of lighthearted questions we ask all of our guests so we get to know you a little bit more outside of the office. Can we have you stick around for about two more minutes? Sure, yeah. First question up, favorite restaurant or bar when you find the time to sneak out?
0: Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's in Gastown. Okay, I'm going to say the Beach House.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah. go wrong with the Beach House.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> we got I've the Beach House. I've had the one house. in New Westminster there. I've had the one in New Westminster there a couple of months ago. Oh, well, wow, that's great too.
2: Good. Okay, number two, Frank, uh, and we know you're a man of letters, but if you're watching Netflix or another streaming service, what are you binging these days?
0: Um, okay, okay, what did I binge? Oh, yeah, that Viking that thing, that Viking thing.
2: Oh, there's a guy That's in our movie. office that loves that show.
0: Love I love that, that. vibe.
1: So, Frank, you, you, yeah. you haven't been the best individual here, and you unfortunately find yourself on death row, and it's your last day on earth, and you get to pick one meal. What are you having?
0: Uh, steak and fries. That's a good. Any anywhere
1: <laughs> particular you'd get the steak from? Gotham's uh, the keg. No, the keg. No, no, no. The keg. The teriyaki
0: steak from the keg. Oh, the keg. Fries. You can never go wrong with the keg. Gotta volunteer for guest role for that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what? I think the show is literally called Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you're you're yeah. at a bar. It's uh it, it's getting late. Karaoke comes on. What song are you singing?
0: Um, okay, I want uh, I want a kiss,
2: okay.
0: and and the song is I want to rock, want to rock, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day.
1: That, that's Matt's <laughs> anthem, that's that Matt's, great. Matt, that Matt great. lives by that song, <laughs> <laughs> I think. I choose that song as well. So, so, so Frank, that might kindred been... <laughs> spirits. That that might have been a okay. prelude to our next question. <laughs> favorite band,
0: <laughs> The Rolling Stones.
1: Oh, another good one, Rolling Stones. I go wrong, and, yeah. And,
0: the Rolling Stones, man. I'm I, I'm so sorry that I'm so sorry that we're starting to lose them now. But boy, yeah, yeah
2: the they've had a good run though. Always, they have had a good yeah, run. They
0: sure did. They sure did. They're still my favorite. They're still the greatest rock and roll band in the world, though. You know,
2: I I I. I... I don't, uh, I would agree with you, actually. I think it's, it's incredible how, uh, relevant they've, they've stayed over the past, <laughs> what is it, 60 years or whatever it is. Oh, I know, I
0: know. you listen to Satisfaction now, and it's like, it was written yesterday. Yeah, so yeah, really yeah. Really yeah. definitely on. ahead of their time. Yeah.
2: Last but not least, Frank, something you have bought for under $1,500 in the last little while that has transformed your life, or at least improved it mildly. Electric bike. Oh, you got to know Okay. I haven't met a person that hasn't uh, s- uh, spoke very highly They're of fantastic. an electric bike.
0: They're fantastic. They're fantastic. And get the hub bike. unless If you're not like a, a conventional, like you know a lot about switching gears on a 10-speed and everything, which I didn't. You know, like I, you know, I'm not a big biker, but the electric bike, because I live up here in the Sunshine Coast, you know, and uh, the, the electric bike is just fantastic. I, I just love it. Excellent. That, that is that a that is a good one. I
2: almost bought one this summer and then uh, passed. But uh, it's I feel like it would it would really change the way I get to work. The best uh, part of electric bike. No, i so. no,
0: they're good. You could shoot along forty kilometers an hour. Just it's just amazing, and, and, and you still have to pedal a little, a little bit. You know, but yeah. you don't have to sweat. They go up over the hills. Oh, it's fantastic. I, I, I live I live in Coquitlam a,
1: in a pl- in a place called Burke Mountain. And there's, on the weekend, you get quite a few avid cyclers that will, like, bike up the mountains of the streets. And my favorite part is when you're watching this poor guy just sweating, and he's just giving her, and he's been doing it for about an hour and a half at this point, and he's barely moving the pedals. He's going so hard. And then you get the guy in the electric bike just goes flying by him and gives him a look like, get out of the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've I've done that on the bike so many times. <laughs> I always give a jockey wave. You know? <laughs> I know they can't lift their hands off the handle, but I didn't fall over.
1: Like <laughs> well, well, Frank, we appreciate everything you guys do over there at the Western Investor. Obviously, we're very very avid followers of the Western Investor. There, how can our guests find out more about what you guys are doing at the Western Investor and over at the BIV Media Group?
0: Well, just go uh, start going into and. I think yeah today our digital edition is out for the September edition which is which is uh is good It's out is out today or the October edition I'm sorry the October edition is out today this uh I'm working on the November edition right now uh, but if you go to westerninvestor.com or you uh, if you want to see the digital edition just go just google western investor digital edition and you'll get the link to it and uh, and we're putting up stories every day. Peter Mitham is writing for us now, too. Which oh, is, you oh, know oh. one of the better, yeah, one of the top real estate writers in Vancouver. He just joined our team there uh, uh, a month or so ago. Doing fantastic. Great to have him on board. And uh, anyway, I think we're turning out the best real estate uh, information in the city. And so, you know, read it. Oh, and I, I advise anybody to read it and, of course, to advertise in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, we we appreciate that. No, I
2: mean, it's uh, it, I, we agree, and that's uh, why we uh, asked you back, and hopefully we can have you back, maybe even before next year, Frank. Uh, but it's hell, always great maybe, to hear yeah, these sure. top five. I think it's uh, makes for some exciting listening. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me on. I
2: appreciate
1: it. I'm gonna go on the record and say that we. I think we need to make this almost an annual thing. We had Frank <laughs> back twice now. We're gonna make this like an annual thing. We're gonna have you back on to talk about the top five cities. You guys have been so bang on the market. That I'm going to start okay, to go we'll look go. on the map to find Banfield and go buy some. I, real yeah, I was going to
0: say, yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah. Well, a ratio over there
1: okay? <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, Frank. Thank you so much for your time. As always, have a great day. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye, bye. And there you have it, folks. Our interview with Frank O'Brien, BIV Media Group, Western Investor, and all around just a great guy,
2: famous. In the yeah. commercial, I would say in the Vancouver landscape, yeah, uh, but the, the Western Canada, the commercial landscape for sure.
1: Yeah. No, he, they, they put out amazing stuff on a monthly basis over there. So we're very lucky to have them. I mean, put you here, listen to the episode. Nanaimo came out. We were cheering. Van Tecten came out. We were cheering. Banfield came out. We Hold were, on. We East Vancouver. I was cheering. Oh, we haven't got that far yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Banfield came out. We're all Googling it to find out where it is. <laughs> East Vancouver we've We
2: both, by the way, during, as he was describing what was going on Banfield, we were both literally on Realtor.ca <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> showing each other properties.
1: And, you know, What can we afford to buy there? Which <laughs> apparently is still nothing. Yeah. And we we're trying to figure out where Banfield was. Now we know. East Vancouver. That home, was Home to the Scalina brothers. We, we've
2: been pumping East Van for a long time, but that was nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was, I think, the market where he said, if you can't make money there, you yeah. should hang it up
1: yeah so so East Vancouver, and then the number one market, not in the province of b d c this year last year was Victoria, Calgary, which earlier on before we recorded, he made mention that it's not in b c first market we thought would had to probably be calgary, yeah, and uh was calgary yeah
2: so. and and uh, no, the logic of those picks I like I feel like I know it was you and I who talked with Frank last year, and one thing I like is how he he kind of goes. He logically walks you through why it's a pick, but he's passionate about it, which is which is great. So, no, great having uh, Frank on the show. Corey, before we cut for the day, what else do we have? First off, I just want to say you just mentioned 300% growth over the last two, three years at William Wright. Yeah, As we were talking about your, we've
1: been very your fortunate, Globe and yeah. Mail
2: yeah. Uh, award. That, that's That's incredible. So, congrats once again. How can people contribute to William Wright's growth and find out more about what you're doing over there? So they can uh, they
1: can visit our website anytime at williamwright.ca. Feel free to sign up for all the newsletters get the latest and greatest. You can reach us at our Vancouver office, 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in touch with the best broker we feel to fit your asset class anywhere in the province. Or you can send me an email, Corey at williamwright.ca. Always love hearing feedback about the show. Some good, some changes that the people would like to see. We are a podcast of the people. So tell us what you want to hear and we'll go out there and we'll try to get the. Chances are, if you want someone who's really high caliber of a guest in a very, very high position, they probably won't return our phone calls, but we will no, still try. No, you know what? It's, we will uh, still try. Uh,
2: you've had every mayor in uh, in British Columbia on this show. Don't yeah. <laughs> don't, don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Uh, and if you want synopses of these episodes, you can always head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com where all things real estate related live, including the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast and the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. We'll be back next week as always. We but uh, everyone, hope you have a good week and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Subscribe today.